Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. My name is Kim, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian, and we are so glad you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We will be discussing choices that you can make before you even have a husband that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for a better marriage later. Adrian, tell us about our topic today. Okay, so we're talking on love, and I know you hear the word love thrown around a lot. You hear people say, I love my mom, or I love tacos. I love tacos. <laughs> or I love my husband. But what does that word love actually mean, and how can you know if you are in love with somebody? And where does our definition for love even come from? These are great questions, Adrian. I'm glad that we're asking them today and discussing them because your understanding of what love is is very important. And um, I know firsthand because I learned about what true love was in college, and it changed everything for me. So as a special Valentine treat, I have invited the very same person who spoke at that first Bible study that I attended decades ago. I've invited him to come and share with us about biblical love today. So we sure wish his wife Carol could have been with us today, but I hope to get her on a different time. Welcome, Steve. She is the real powerhouse in this couple. Um, behind every successful man is a woman who couldn't be more surprised, you know? So she is, uh, <laughs> she is my, um, she's my greatest cheerleader. And, uh, we've been married almost 38 years, better get that right. Huh? Wow. Coming up in April, but it, it reminded me that I actually, uh, gave her an engagement ring, uh, on Valentine's day, uh, in 1983. Wow. And I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to be very, uh, I'd already, she'd already said yes, we'd already agreed, but now I had to figure out where am I going to get the money to, you know, come up with a ring. Uh, and, and so I was able to finally do that, but we went out and I said, well, let's just read some verses on love. You know, it's, 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 it's Valentine's day. And so I, I handed her the Bible and I felt sure she would turn to first Corinthians 13. That's kind of the, the love chapter, you know, in the Bible. And because I had her engagement ring pinned inside the Bible, you, you can tell. I how, remember that story. I'm so glad you're telling it. Well, I kept saying, well, don't you want to turn to first Corinthians 13, you know? And she goes, oh no, everyone looks at that one, you know? So she was going to, you know, be a creative Old Testament, other verses and everything. And finally I had to open it up to first Corinthians 13 and put it in front of her for her to read. And all of a sudden there's that engagement ring, you know, pinned to her Bible. And, uh, you know, so. Wow. We, Anyway, that was a big day for us to, wow. for me to put that engagement ring on her hand. What a wonderful story. So as a young man, you were you got married in 83, did you say? 83. Okay, so I was a student in 85. So you've been married a couple of years. You had one child, Marietta, your oldest, and you were going into the sororities and fraternities and hosting these um Bible studies. Um, and I was one of the people that showed up. Do you, I mean, that was 36 years ago. Do you remember, I mean, coming in 
to the sorority house. And I mean, I, I think there were maybe, it was a small group, maybe 25, 30 people were all sitting around on the ground. And But you, you spoke about love. And I had a Bible. I didn't really grow up reading it, but I did have one. And I brought it because it was a Bible study, so I figured I needed to bring it. And But I did not know that the Bible talked about love. I did not know that. I had never read 1 Corinthians 13 before. And so your talk um, and discussion over that love chapter was revolutionary for me. I mean, I literally was like, this is in my Bible too. And you, you like you use the word, you unpack that for me and help me understand. So do you remember that talk at all? I do. Um for your listeners, Kim was one of the beauty queens of the whole campus, you know, no. uh, <laughs> of, of one of, of, one of the, the, the original uh, Kyle Omega, where Kyle Omega started at the University of Arkansas. And so, yeah, we were, I was sitting in one of the most beautiful houses, you know, sorority houses in the country and surrounded by all these, you know, beautiful Kyle Omegas. And of course, that tends to draw the guys. So no, we had more than 25 there. And we were going through February each year. If you remember, Kim, we would call it mush month, you know, just to kind of give it a fun, you know, cheesy name that had to do with relationships. And so uh, this particular talk, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Kim, I had stolen the name from a popular song back then called looking for love in all the wrong places. I was, is it kind of a country song, pop song or something? And so, um, Yes. And, and we were going through kind of a different aspect of dating or marriage and love each week. And I think we did all four weeks that week, that year in mush month at the Kyle Omega house. Oh, wow. You know, I, like I was on this intramural bowling team, so I had to miss quite a few. I know I was committed. And, uh, but then once I started going to the Bible study, I, I was cooked and, uh, kind of, gave up on my bowling. Um, but I still have my notes. I still have my notes. I have them here right with me. And uh, I don't keep all the notes, but that was such a powerful talk. I kept them. And so I. it is just really fun to look back and see how uh, my life has changed so much. Steve, why do you think it's important for us to really understand what true love is? That teenage years, those 20-somethings, that tends to be the, you know, the 10 or 15 years that we seem to really be thinking about and looking for that, that, that perfect person. And uh, God intends it for it to be a lifelong decision that we marry. Um, our culture and many cultures that, that divorce is, 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 is very common. And yet in God's design uh, is, to, is to find that right person and get married. We all want to do that. Everyone has a yearning in their heart to be loved completely and to love completely, to have that relationship, that experience. And so the thing is, we try to rush it, don't we? I mean, I, I'm guilty of this. I think a lot of girls are too, where you're, you're, you're standing across from a, a, a girl or a guy and, and you, you know, after 40 seconds, you're already fantasizing about being married for the next 40 years to this person. You talk about jumping the gun, you know, but we're all guilty of it. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, we don't, we, 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 we mix up infatuation and true love. We, we, we don't understand the, those two things. And so it's so important 
to um, to become the right person uh, even before you're you find the right person. And so I think one piece of advice that I give to young people is if you will focus on becoming the right person. Instead of looking for the right person, God will bring someone along that will so far exceed any expectations that you would have ever had set up for yourselves. He'll bring along the right person. But if you choose to skip the self-preparation stage and go out on these little exit roads out into the bushes, out into the tulies is what I call them, you know, oh, you'll find somebody because there are people who want to be married out there. But it's not like you can, you know, be in bed after you get married five years or 10 years down the road and roll over and go, Hey, honey, uh, I've got something I'd like to tell you. I think I married the wrong person. Mm. No, no, no. You, you, you want to make those decisions on the front end. And so um, that's, that's a biggie um, to be able to become the right person and to understand what true love is. And I think that was kind of one of the main topics of that talk that day is understanding the different types of love. Right. Well, let's let's talk about that. There's um, in the talk and in my notes that I kept, we talked about um, the three kinds of love. I love you if I will love you. I love you because and um, I love you regardless. I think you said the in spite of kind of love. So could you kind of help us or give a review and just kind of go through what each of those mean? Yeah, I think we've all experienced these kinds of love. The 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 first one is the I love you if, you know, and 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 guys and girls, we tend to put different expectations on people, you know, and uh if uh if you will give all your attention to me, you know, some some girls want the guy to show them all the attention and 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 vice versa. Uh the, the whole sexual realm. I, I will love you if you uh, sexually engage with me. Uh, there are certain requirements that you kind of have that that uh, that that it's definitely a conditional relationship, and it's a lot of selfishness. Really, it's not a selflessness. Not it's not a giving of yourself. It's a it, it's it's almost like if if love is giving of yourself and meeting to meet the needs of someone else. You know, you could say, well, lust is is wanting to get that from someone, and and you're trying to meet your own needs, and so. Um, that's pretty common, uh, especially among, you know, high school, college, you know, singles uh, in that stage is we, we tend to be very self-centered, selfish people. And, um, and, and most of the, the relationships tend to be those, those conditional, I will love you if, you know, you, mm-hmm. um, um, in, in my situation, in my lifetime, Kim, and this is true of you too, both Kim and my wife have had tremendous uh, physical setbacks and challenges. And uh, I think when we take that, that, that pledge, that marital vow, it's in sickness and in health. Well, I've had to love my wife for 38 years through a lot of, a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And, and Sean has had to love you. So you don't really know what kind of wife or what kind of husband this person is going to be. They may be good looking and funny and, and you know, cool and a great car and a good dresser and a dancer and, a, you know, all the all the things that we, we want to have the trappings, but to look ahead to see what kind of husband, what kind of father is this person going to be down the road? The only way you have to anything to base that on is their track record. And right. so the only, the, the only way you have any inkling at all really is what they will be like in the future is what they have been like in the past. 
And that's why you want to give yourself a few years to develop your own self and let that, uh, that life partner develop too. I mean, one stat, I think we quoted that night, it's still somewhat accurate, I think, Kim, is that uh, this, this, some studies show that up to 55% of people that if one of the partners is 26 or under when they get married, there's a 55% chance they'll be divorced within five years. It's just because they've gotten married at too early, too soon, and they haven't really developed themselves. And they so quickly attach themselves to someone that they really didn't get a chance to develop that track record or, or to observe that track record. So that, that if kind of love, um, sometimes, um, you know, it's tied to the, to the sexual involvement. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we've talked about these three Greek words that night, that, that one of the Greek words is eros. It's the erotic kind of love. And a lot of times that if that's, that's tied to that. Mm-hmm. The second kind of love is the love because, um, because you're beautiful because you're shapely, uh, because you're popular, uh, because you can do something for me. You know, you, if, 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 if I have 3000 followers and you have 8,000 followers, if we get together, we'll have 11,000 followers. Just think how popular we will be, you know, on the, on the, the little, uh, pecking order here of social media, uh, influencers, you know, and so it's the idea that I, I, I'm, I, it's, it, it's a conditional type of love, again, the because of uh, kind of love. But that's the kind of love that has to be earned. And it can be earned and it can be lost. And so if you lose your beauty, which, ladies, I hate to say it, but our bodies, you know, start to, you know, change. Gravity and takes over, right? <laughs> gravity, you know, um, my boys kind of say, dad, you've got the furniture disease. Your chest is falling into your drawers, you know, and uh, <laughs> I'm working on that, Kim. I'm really working on that. I'm, I'm, I'm lifting weights. I'm, I'm, I'm moving ahead. But, um, but that beauty, isn't it interesting that God has us kind of fall in love and get married in that, in that stage where our, 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 our outward appearance is at its peak, but then everything's kind of downhill from there, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so you, you, you may get that excitement, that emotional, that, 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 that love that, that is so that, 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 that cements together and prayerfully it becomes that third kind of love is I love you regardless. In other words, my love is no longer dependent upon how beautiful you are or how shapely you are. Or, uh, because if, if, if a lot of times that because love falls apart, because that guy, he's going to see some girl that's prettier than his aging wife or more shapelier. And in the age of social media and internet and even pornography, I mean, uh, how, how does a wife ever compare? No, she doesn't. And so you better find a guy who's not loving you because of some reason that you have to earn or maintain. But that third category is, is really the type of guy that, um, that you're looking for and the type of girl that you want to be. Um, it's, it's the regardless. It's the unconditional of the Greek word is agape. Maybe you've heard that. It's a, it's a beautiful godlike kind of love that's unconditional. And it's, um, it, it says, I, I love you regardless of you're healthy or not. <laughs> I, I don't care how many wrinkles you have around your eyes or how your body starts to, you know, gravity takes over Adrian, right? 
uh, all the different things that can happen to us. And um, it's a godlike kind of love. I'm thinking of Romans 5.8. I noticed you wrote that in your notes as I, as, as I saw a copy of your notes, Kim. But it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we didn't deserve his love. We, we had gone our own way. And yet he loves us in spite of, regardless of our sinfulness, regardless of our you know, unloveliness. And so if we can understand and experience that kind of love from God, it's going to give us a great example and motivation and filling empowerment to be able to love others like that, especially our girlfriend, boyfriend, and someday spouse. So that's a little bit of a breakdown of the three types of love. I hope that, hope that made sense. Oh, it does. I mean, it's, I can, I can always hear it. Um, but when I heard this as a student, college student, I mean, at that time, I was engaged to a young man, and I had not um, really thought through, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of your example from Love If, you know, I mean, I, you know, I didn't really take any time to prepare. We just met in high school and fell in love, and um, and then by in college, by college, I was we were engaged, planning to get married, and so I didn't really think through a lot of decisions and questions. And I, as after I heard that talk, I began to really think about love, regardless. And I was like, man, I just don't know if I have that type of love for him, and I don't know if he has that kind of love for me. And I knew that I wanted. I was like, okay, Christians aren't as weird as I thought they were, and the Bible's more interesting than I thought it was, and I wanted to know more. And, you know, I would invite him to go to the meetings with me, and he, you know, just wasn't really happening. It wasn't really clicking for him. I mean, he just didn't really understand and was... um, Anyway, so uh, long story short, I ended up breaking off that engagement with him after a period of time, after I, you know, had really asked a lot of questions, had done study, had got, you know, sought counsel. I mean, I was just a mess because I was like, I'm engaged to this guy and I want to follow God and do things God's way. And he just at that time in his life did not want to. And, um, so yeah, I that was just really life-changing for me. And it's so sweet now to look at my husband Sean and you know, he has. He has loved me with love regardless for 23 years through all the thick and the thin and the you know, the hard times, the health, the sickness and um I just I'm so grateful I had an opportunity to even know that there was that kind of love out there because I think sometimes our culture just kind of clumps everything together as love and there's not a real distinction about that love is not about ourselves or how it makes us feel. It's about what we give to someone else. Netflix movies have influenced us more than uh, than the Bible has, you know, of, of what love is. Hollywood tends to be um, a place we, we, we take our cues from, I think, this generation. Uh, Adrian, I remember actually Kim at, at a different sorority house. We would kind of rotate house to house. And I mean, we pack these houses out. I remember we take every stick of furniture out of these sorority <laughs> houses so we could find I, we had up to 600 students all sitting on the floor boy this would be a, a you talk about a covid <laughs> covid super spreader today right yeah that's a little petri dish right there <laughs> but 
they, the, the guys and girls kind of like to sit up close to each other, I noticed, you know. And so uh, I remember I could barely even, I would have to stand. I had a little, you know, one foot square foot that I could stand and, and students all around me. Well, this particular sorority that night, I remember looking down and there was, there was smiling Kim, you know, uh, looking up at me. And then she was sitting next to this huge Razorback football player. And he did not have a smile on his face. In fact, he was scowling at me. And, you know, I, um, I, I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm 185 pounds. I think I could take this guy, you know, no, no, he would, he could have destroyed me. But um, anyway, that was Kim's fiance. I learned. And I said, and, and she was trying to get him to come to the meetings and her life was being transformed by Christ. And she was wrestling with, should I be engaged to this person? Am I ready to get married? Is Christ really going to be at the center of our relationship? And she was having all kinds of doubts. And this guy could sense that, it's, that he was losing Kim. I could see it written all over his face. And he somehow was blaming me for it. I said, oh man, I need a bodyguard to get out of here after this thing, you know? Right. Lo and behold, uh, it wasn't too long after that till Kim had the incredible courage. You know, I hope your listeners, your followers will have the courage to step out of a relationship if it's not a healthy one, if it's not a, a growing one, if it's not a, a Christ-centered one, if it's not someone that you really have the, the regardless kind of love, this unconditional, in spite of kind of Christ-centered agape love that we're talking about, don't, don't get involved with that person. Uh, I'm not saying don't be friendly to them and be nice to them, be a friend to them, but don't, don't get emotionally or romantically involved with them. It gets really complicated, boy. There was there was a lot of drama. It would it wasn't a quick, easy decision or process. Yeah, I have a question for you both because you guys have both mentioned this love regardless a few times already in this episode. And so, uh, Steve, you talked about you know men and women being in their prime in their young twenties, and so you know from the outside it can seem like they have everything going for them. How can they discern if they have this love regardless and if the person that they're dating or thinking about dating also has this capacity to love regardless well i'll jump in there kim and you can share okay. something too um i think it starts within our own person i mean i i think uh you know uh the the thing we have to establish first we can kind of look at it as a as a baseball diamond if you want to but 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 first base is 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 what, what is controlling our life? And I like to call that our master, you know, who is the, who's the master of our life. And so before you even really start to want to date someone or get serious with someone, I think you've got to really search deeply to, to, to find out. And I do, I think you can do that through the scriptures and through Christian friends is Jesus Christ, the master of your life. He's the one that designed you. He's the one that designed uh, marriage. He designed relationships. He designed love. He designed sex. All those are good things done if it's done God's way, but we mess it up. We, we try to do it our way and we skip all the, we, we skip first base, you know, and, and, and second base could be mission. It's kind of the master mission mate. What, what, what is your purpose in life? Where are you going? Don't try to marry someone they don't know really where they're going. You don't know where you're going. The chances that you're going to be, go somewhere together are pretty slim. And so once you've got that master established in your own life, that personal relationship with Christ that we've been talking about, 
step two is now, what does God want me to do with my life? And how can I grow and make progress in my, in my relationship with God and my purpose in life and how he wants me to live my life? And then, then you're ready to really start to get to know people of the opposite gender to develop those deeper relationships. The third one is mate. And, you, and, and if you can find someone who's run the basis the same way, they put Jesus as their master. They really put God's purposes, the kingdom of God, as, their, as, as one of their very top priorities in life, as their mission. Well, now uh, that's the kind of person uh, that's going to be a great potential mate. And, you know, one profound thing that sounds kind of stupid, really, is you're going to marry someone that you date. <laughs> Shocking. You know, we date, and then we get married. That's right. And so don't even date someone. Don't even get emotionally involved, romantically involved at all with someone that really has not run the bases in the correct order. You're, you're going to regret that. You're going to have lots of lifelong pain. I hate to, to say this, but I've got two brothers, and they've got um, six marriages and six divorces between them. Mm. And uh, I, I, I'm... I'm the hero of the family just because I, I'm still married to the same woman, you know, just the process of elimination. I'm, I'm some kind of superstar. Well, no, I'm just hanging on for dear life. I just, I just married the right person, the right reasons at the right time in life. And God has blessed that. And I'm so thankful for it. So anyway. Well, you know, just, Adding to that, I, I'm, I mean, I love that you talked about that, Steve, because that was very eye-opening for me because basically I chose my mate first in college. This was, you know, back then, um, and I was doing things backwards, and it does make a mess. But I'm so grateful that I learned these um, biblical insights when I was a student because I had time to make a change, you know, and um, and God gave me lots of time to prepare before I met my husband, a lot longer than I would wanted, I would have picked, but um, but I learned so many wonderful things as I grew as a person and learned to grow about love and learning just to love the people around me, my roommates and friends, and to learn to be a faithful friend to them, um, even when maybe I wasn't getting back from them, but just a growing in that love regardless and learning how God loved me in that way, that when I didn't care anything for him, um, he was still pursuing me um, and treating me with uh, just kindness and goodness when I didn't deserve it. And uh, so I would just add, you know, that just growing personally and uh, and taking advantage of those times and, and just, you know, finding your you know, developing that track record. Because one of the things I looked for in Sean was, you know, I watched how he treated his family. I watched how he treated servers at the restaurant and watched how he treated, you know, and he just, he was just a very loving man in the way he treated people. And it wasn't that he was just ooey gooey or anything with people. It just, I saw him over and over sacrifice himself for the benefit of someone else. And that was just very, very attractive. And because he had done that to so many other people, I knew that he would be the type of guy who would do that with his wife someday. And he has. He really has. I'm grateful. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, something that goes along with that, Kim, that, that's so important, too, is uh, when you marry someone, you 
you want, or when you start dating them, you want to know that they really understand relationships, that they have, do they have a relationship with God? That's the most important thing. If, 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 if each the guy and the girl both have a personal relationship with Christ, and then they've chosen to put Christ at the center of their relationship, that's the most powerful marriage there is. Um, and, and so this idea of, of, of establishing a relationship with God, then you want to, uh, and this is maybe an application for your, your listeners, how, what is their relationship with their own family? Uh, are they, have they neglected their own family? Have, have they bypassed their, their parents and their siblings in order to go out and hang out with all the, the buds, you know, the friends, the cool, the cool cats, you know? Well, have they put a real priority on loving their family? That's big. If they skip that step, I, I'd be very leery. And then, and then beyond that, do they know how to build friendships with same-sex people? Do, they, do the guys really know how to build real genuine, humble, lifelong, you know, sincere friendships with other guys? If all the guy does, he likes to hang out with the girls, you know, in the dorm every night. And, but he doesn't know how to build friendships with other guys. He, he's skipping a very important stage. And then yeah. next, there's a progression here. There really is. The next progression is, does that guy know how to build friendships with girls? See, I didn't know how to do that before I became a Christian. It was all or nothing. Either you're dating me or we don't speak. Oh, how immature is that? Really? And that's, that's common. E either we're dating or, we, or we're, 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 we don't speak. Well, that's stupid. And so do I know how to build these friendships, these unconditional friendships with girls of, you know, the opposite gender, because really marriage, you know, this could be a definition of marriage. I may have come up with this, maybe the only original thing I've ever come up with, Kim, I don't know. <laughs> but, but really marriage is really a friendship, a lifelong friendship with a little sizzle thrown in. May, yeah. I, may I allude to the sizzle there? Yeah, uh, to the sizzle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hail to the sizzle. That's right. No, uh, but but so if you skip the friendship stage, you 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 you're you're really just marrying someone in the if that I love you if or I love you because um, the the greatest lifelong marriages are the ones that really had a solid beginning as a friendship, mm. and then it and it and it developed from there. So be careful. Mm. If, if, if a guy wants to go straight to romance, a girl wants to go straight to romance, and there's never been a chance just to get to know each other in, a, in an unconditional way. That's why those summer projects that I was mentioning were so valuable. <laughs> you live in the same fraternity house with, with you know, 30 guys and 30 girls for 12 weeks, and you see them in every morning, noon, and night, you know, late at night when they just got off work and no makeup and smelly, and, you know, you, you get to know who they really are. And the girls get to see who the guys really are. There's some, there's a lot of value in, in, in getting, uh, participating in some sort of a campus ministry. If you're a college student, guys and girls to see how they really are and how they operate in difficult circumstances, because there's a lot of challenging, difficult circumstances in marriage. And so, um, how, how are they going to do in those things? So don't skip these stages that we're talking about. They're so important. Um, Steve, I was thinking about what you last said about, you know, when you're dating someone, just this love unconditional, that's the type of guy you want to marry someone that you can love unconditionally. Well, as we all know, dating is just dating. It's not married. Um, and so how do you 
practically love someone unconditionally, this love regardless, if you just are dating somebody? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I think, first of all, um, to learn how to experience the love of God. You know, you might write down Ephesians 1. It's just uh, packed with how God loves us and views us. And and the word lavished is on there. That's a cool word, isn't it? That, that his love is lavished upon us. And that he, how he views us as his son or his daughter. And he died for us and forgiven us and his grace and his mercy. And so I think if our listeners can really start to focus on experiencing uh, the love, the mercy, the forgiveness, the grace that God has for us, then I can start sharing that with others. Uh, how can I share unconditional love with others, anybody, much less a, a, a guy that, you know, a girl that I'm dating or want to marry, if I have not experienced to myself? It, it, you know, ultimately, marriage is not a 50-50 deal. People kind of hear, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you halfway, you know, 50. No, <laughs> it's 100-100. And you, you lay down your life for this person, regardless of how they're going to respond. That's the commitment you make. And so I, I would say the place to always begin uh, is, is to really try to, through the scriptures and through Christian friends, mm -hmm. through your local church, your campus ministry, but to start to experience the love of God. And, and, and I might throw in a, a little plug here for purity. May I do that? You sure um, can. You know, um, I hate to say it. I think I probably shared it that night at the Kyle Omega house, Kim. All the girls just couldn't believe, you know, that that, that I was exposing, uh, you know, what the motives were of these guys that they were, you know, pounding on their door to go out with them on Friday nights. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, many times guys will give love to get sex. Sorry, ladies, I didn't mean to pop your bubble there, but there's kind of some ulterior motives sometimes, but on the, on the flip side, a lot of times the girls are willing to give sex in hopes of getting what? Love. love. Yeah. And so it's the ultimate, I love you if, or I love you because. And so um, if you choose to save yourself for marriage, which I encourage you to do, please, it's a gift that you can give your husband someday. Um, but, but there's also studies. I've been going over this with my college guys that I've been meeting with. They're kind of looking at me like I'm some sort of an old fuddy-duddy, you know, some old <laughs> hack that doesn't really know what he's talking about. But there are so studies that show to the degree of, sexual involvement you have before marriage, it's correlated to the degree of sexual satisfaction you have after you get married. And it's shown that if you're willing to exercise some self-control and you're working on preparation and you're reserving, you know, the sexual relationship for marriage, like God designed it to be, that the sexual satisfaction is, is off the charts after you get married. But if you choose to jump the gun and do it your way instead of God's way and give in to the, all the natural desires uh, that we all have in that area. If you choose to, to do that prematurely, there's going to be consequences. And I think what we talked about and what I observed over all these years, it's a matter of trust. If I'm engaged sexually with this girl and she's not my wife, we can justify, oh, well, we're going to get married. It's not that big a deal. Come on, we're going to get married. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this girl is apparently willing to be involved sexually with someone that's not her husband. Hmm. Interesting. And you know what she's thinking? Apparently this guy that I'm about to marry is willing to be engaged sexually with someone that is not 
not his wife. Mm-hmm. So now you have the happy 20 minute ceremony, the wedding, the reception, the honeymoon, but those doubts, those, those seeds of mistrust are built there. And so throughout the years, you can't really know if he did it then, if he was involved sexually with someone who wasn't his wife, then what does a 20 minute ceremony do? Why, why would he be faithful now? And so um, I, I think, I think, how do you build trust and maintain trust? You do it from the very first time you meet that guy, the very first date, the very first time that um, the, the, the attraction is there, that, that natural God-given attraction, what you do with it can kind of make you or break you and will have long-term implications in your marriage. So I guess I'm putting in a plug for really doing it God's way knowing that there's going to be tremendous payoff down the road in a very trust-filled, sexually satisfying marriage if you'll choose to do dating and engagement God's way and not the world's way. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Wow. Shad, man, I wish we just had a whole nother hour to just let you keep talking. It's been so helpful. Um, I... Boy, we today has been great. It's been so good for me to hear this talk again, but just the three different kinds of love, love if, love because, and love regardless. And it is our hope that we would all um, grow in this area of love regardless and learning to love people in spite of themselves and uh, not put conditional things on people. And, uh, and I, I just, I, my prayer for all of us is just that we would experience this and live it out and uh, be able to, I don't know, just bring a little love to the rest of the world. But Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. And um, Adrian, you're awesome as usual. Appreciate all your good questions. And, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for being with us. A special thanks to Logan, who has been patiently sitting here and taping us and doing all the details of podcasting, but we are just really grateful. Um, Thank you so much for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much. 